Welcome to Behind the Membership, Season 3, Episode 5. And today I'm talking with Jodie Clark from The Empowered Educator all about her members hub. While Jodie's membership is only just one years old, she's made awesome progress during that time, surpassing her member goals and even managing to retire her husband, which has had, as you would imagine, an enormous impact on her family's life. In this episode, Jodie is talking all about how she succeeded with her membership, from nurturing her waitlist to her webinar strategy that's bringing in five to ten new members per day. Jodie also talks about moving from a closed door model to an evergreen model and why she's chosen to do that. And we cover so much more as well. Jodie shares a lot of great insights in this episode, so let's dive straight in. Welcome to Behind the Membership with Callie Willows. Real people, real stories, real memberships. On today's show, I'm joined by Jodie Clark from The Empowered Educator. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today, Jodie. Thanks, Callie. It's great to be here. I'm really looking forward to actually talking with you about your membership journey. So let's dive straight in. Could you start by telling me a bit about your membership, like what it offers, who it's for? Okay, so the membership I've set up is for early childhood educators, so a little bit different to a lot of what's out there on the internet at the moment with um, the primary teachers and high school teachers. I'm more aiming at uh, childcare centre teachers and um, kindergarten, preschool. Uh, The terminology is a little bit different around the world, but basically for the zero to five age group, that early learning stage and it's an area that doesn't get a lot of um, professional support and there's a lot of mixed messages. So uh, a lot of new regulations and things both here in the UK and the US, there's a lot coming in. So I've tried to put a lot of really simple back to basics type resources and training in there that they can access all in the one place and the plan planning and things like that. So they can just come to that one hub and, um, you know, use that alongside the, the information I put out on my blog and, all those other various avenues. <laughs> awesome. That sounds great. And how long have you had the membership for now? Uh, I started, I was just thinking I'm nearly up to my uh, member-versary. Awesome. <laughs> um, June last year was just just near the end of June, so 2018. So it's been nearly a year now. So, yes, time has flown. I'd like to say time's flown, but <laughs> It's been a lot of work. Yeah. And do you run the membership on an open or a closed model at the moment? I was running on an open and I was launching, I was, last year I did three launches and in January of this year in 2019, I did another launch open and close. It was about a week and I would do a closed cart at the end of that. And they were both uh, very successful, both times. Um, The one this year, I actually did a live webinar and I got about 150 people signing up on that night just from the uh, webinar, but they were going to a bonus page that was only available for that night like we sort of ended at midnight and that was a lot more popular than I thought and a lot lot more exhausting than I thought it was going to be because as well as launching the member hub I also have a lot of products and things that I do and other courses that I do launches for through the year so after listening to quite a few (laughs) um, podcasts and looking at a lot of the comments in um, Memberside Academy, you know, I was starting to think it didn't even occur to me to do a closed, um, a closed a sort of evergreen funnel rather than the closed model and the launch because that, yeah. that's just what I knew always open and launch. But I got to the point where I was thinking I can't do this for another year to keep that build up and then, and then there's also the influx of um, customer service. I, I wasn't prepared for that either. Uh, a lot of, you know, people wanting their passwords or, you know, things just weren't working. So now I've, I've gone to a uh, evergreen model. So I'm open all the time and I'm using a, basically the main way I'm feeding into new members, get grabbing new members is by doing that same webinar, I've taken it and I did it again, but made it into a recording that I'm using through Ever, uh, Easy Webinar. And um, yeah, I've got that set up and that's working really well. I'm getting between five to 10 members each day after those um, webinars. And I have to say, it's a lot less stressful. <laughs> just, that, just that gradual drip. I feel like I can onboard people better. I can, you know, get them into the group and all of that sort of thing. So at the moment, the model's working. There'll be 
other things I need to do, but um, so far for me, that's working a lot better than having the, the open close part. Yeah. Awesome. And I love that you're experimenting with that and, and seeing what does work best for you. So yeah, trying both models and, and seeing, you know, which works. And yeah. yeah, I think that's a great approach. And it's awesome that you're getting those results from the webinar as well. Are they people that are coming in cold to the webinar or are they people that are already on your email list? Yeah, I'm trying to work out the figures on that at the moment. It's a, it's a little bit harder because I am running Facebook ads to the webinar and I'm retargeting and things like that. But so it's, it's, it's a little bit hard to tell. But um, because I'm running it to warm and cold and because I've been blogging for five years now, I have built up a lot of that, you know, trust factor and, and people know me. And so I'm able to feed through my group into the webinar. I've got a free group. Um, that's got about 13,000 members in it. So that's always fed in. I've had a regular newsletter for many years. So that's sort of, that's a lot of warm, um, you know, warm people coming in as well that are, that are constantly knowing. And we're, we're getting a lot of people coming back as well. So, you know, if they've dropped out because I haven't had the money, especially at the end of the year, I noticed that was a big thing. So I think they're coming sort of from everywhere. The webinar is bringing a lot more of that cold traffic in though than it would have just if I was doing that launch because usually I was just launching to my um, email list, which is uh, I think when I first launched it was I've cleaned it out a bit now, but it was a, it was around the twenty five thousand mark on the email list. So that was mainly who I was launching to. I did do some Facebook ads, but I mainly targeted them to warm traffic anyway. So doing the recorded webinars really opening up to a lot more of that you know, people that might not have heard of me before and, and that sort of thing. So that's another bonus as well. Awesome. Yeah. And and so you mentioned cost there. How much is the membership? So the membership is they, they've got two choices. They can do $39 a month as the ongoing monthly payment or they can do um, a discounted annual rate of 397 So that's actually fairly high for my niche, for my um, group because most of the teaching sites out there are still under $20. Like there's a lot out there just for 12 and <laughs> You know, it's a very low because they're not well paid. So it's very different to that, the business model and the, you know, the the other side of the world, the, you know, online sort of business and that sort of thing because I have to take that into account. So I'm actually quite happy with the fact I never thought that I would get at that price. I really wavered. I'm lucky I have a business coach who really pushed me to set it at that price for the amount of information that I have in there, the, the number of resources and things that I have in there. It is really good value, but it's also hard to ask someone to part with that money when I know they're scraping and they're buying already buying their own resources and all of that sort of thing for their rooms anyway. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's definitely something you find with kind of education-based memberships where they're aimed at teachers and things like that, where, yeah, money is definitely kind of a, a overriding factor a lot of the time with the pricing of the memberships because they are paying out of pocket and things so I think it's great that you've actually been able to put a, a good price point on that because as you say most people in this kind of area have a much lower price membership so I love that you've you've got that working for you are you actually are you um, aimed at the educators themselves so you mentioned it's for kind of early years nursery so you aimed at the individual workers or do you actually aim for the kind of the nursery owner who's going to buy that to support the, the well business general I, I started um I started way back and I narrowed down my niche from parenting down to, uh, we call them family daycare. I forget what they call them in the UK. I think it's family childcare or something along those lines, but home-based daycare basically. So where they're looking after children at home and they're still trained, qualified. So I started off with that because that was really an area where a lot of teachers weren't getting any support or help. And then I gradually started to realise once um, I more and more blogs, I was putting out, this is before the membership, I started to realise I was reaching larger childcare centres as well. And then I've slowly gone up and also now realised that the educational leaders and the directors and the managers are also not getting the support they need. And it's, it's coming from right down from the top. So if they're not in a good place, it's not feeding down to these educators down the line. So now I've sort of 
broadened it and Member Hub has become something that's got a little bit for your day-to-day educator just as individuals and then also the family daycares because they're running their own business from home as well it's not just that they're a teacher so then there is the yeah educators then it's going up to the lead so I'm sort of putting a bit of everything which you know does have that um it can very easily bite you (laughs) because as I'm finding out because because I'm listening to them in my group saying oh but we really need this and we really need that which is it was it's a great supply of information for what to create and what your audience wants and and all of that sort of thing but (laughs) then I have a real problem with then continually creating so now I have pretty much within this one niche there's about five different sort of levels of different people I'm aiming at even though there's a lot of core stuff there's a lot of the same sort of stuff that every, they all need to know and it find helpful but um yeah it's it's sort of growing so that's something I need to work on and decide what I'm going to do about that <laughs> I didn't expect that when I opened the membership it was more just for the, as you say the individuals because I thought that's where the majority of the help needed to be but now I've started to realize and as words grown obviously which is good they're sharing it around with their colleagues and and all of that sort of thing but it does mean which is wonderful but it does mean that I've diversified a little more than I thought so may have to rein that back in a bit <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. it can get complicated when you're trying to cater to several different audiences at once, I think. Yeah. But um, you mentioned that you offer other services and products as well. So where does the membership actually fit in with the, the overriding business that you have? So the membership is a, is a separate thing. I've got the host on a subdomain and kept that away. But inside Member Hub, they get just about just about access to all of the, my current resources. I sort of drip them in. To start off with, I put a lot of that content in because I've got a lot of content. Some of it's small. It might be the checklists and cheat sheets and planning lists and those sort of things, templates for them to just print off and use. But other things are ebooks. Um, there's also a whole ebook library that I actually do from I turn certain blog posts into ebooks and they're called my simple series so I just have them in there because that's where a lot of my core uh, members and that have come from from reading my blog posts and that I like to keep it a real back to basic sort of style so I know that's what has attracted them so they get access to most of that but I keep all of my research resources and other things separate in a WooCommerce store on my website. So it is very separate to Member Hub and that's set up through Member Mouse and they pay all, all goes separate that way. So, um, and in Member Hub, they do get extras, like they get training videos, they get a monthly webinar with me or a guest presenter. And um, there's lots of little extras, but they tend to get the, any new resources that I do, they get them first before they eventually go into the shop and later on down the track they also go into a teacher's pay teacher's shop but that's not really a core thing so they're they're all they're quite separate but they're a good lead in everything now leads into you know a um (laughs) a call to action to member hub if you want more you know (laughs) sort of thing so I'm slowly going through and adding that to, to everything so they want more in depth and they also get then access to me obviously so Um, Awesome. Awesome. So let's go back to the start now then. What actually inspired you to create the membership in the first place? Well, that's a two-part. One was my actual audience because I noticed in emails they were starting to tell me that they – you know, do you have that all in the one place? Um, because they were buying resources through my shop. I was also doing webinars, like online training, I call them for teachers. Webinars wasn't a big word back then. <laughs> so um, then they started asking me. I noticed more and more saying, can I get this all in one place? You know, I'd pay a monthly fee for that. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd played around with it. And it's been, it's probably been about three years that I've wanted to get this going, that it's taken sort of that long. Uh, the other thing was I think the final tipping point for me was the constant launching and also just not having any recurring income. Like I was starting to do quite well monthly, but you never knew, you know, if I had a launch that month or I did a promotion 
to my subscribers or whatever. Yes, it might be a really good month, but it was that uncertainty. And when you've got a young family and you've given up your day job, your day job, <laughs> um, yeah, it was just I wanted to try and see if I could get even just a small amount of recurring income so I could have some sort of baseline to say, yep, we're going to have that this month to pay the bills or, um, you know, just to meet costs and sort of say, because I just felt like I was on this treadmill constantly doing all of this, you know, I was doing resources, I was doing blog posts, I was doing launches, I was doing everything and yet you might only come out with a small month even after that, whereas next month might be brilliant, you know, but, <laughs> and I found it was really starting to do my head in because I'd be up in, in February, say, because we had a really great, <laughs> you know, uh, a big sales month and then we just dropped down again and I think, oh, what's gone wrong? What's happened? You know, what, what's doing? What, you know, all of this stuff would start, all that imposter syndrome and everything would start coming in and then it'd go up again. But, yeah, now at least I'm not really noticing when the sales have just books and um, other things that I have in my woo shop uh, on my website because I'm not noticing that as much because I've got that stable income. But I didn't expect that Member Hub would take sort of over as quickly and as much as it has. It really is has become a, a very much a full-time <laughs> job. So I'm madly looking at a lot of stuff in Memberside Academy at the moment about <laughs> content creation <laughs> and because that's something that I really wish I had have considered a bit more before telling everyone I would do this, this and this every month <laughs> and now I've got to because it's really important to me that I've always come across as professional. I'm keeping things, I keep things simple for them but I've always wanted to be seen as professional and good customer service and because that's important to me when I'm joining something if I'm paying money and I know that it's a big amount for them to join to come to my uh, member hub and it's really big commitment. So I want to give that back to them. But at the same point, it's that really fine balance between suddenly realizing you're hitting burnout yeah. <laughs> after not even quite a year yet, <laughs> uh, but in a different way to when I was launching all the products. So yeah, I think it's just something a little bit more thought about that instead of worrying about if the website was perfect and, you know, did I have the number of pages, all that techie sort of stuff that I stressed about because I'm a real perfectionist. I think it would have been better to think forward a little yeah. bit more about how I'm going to do this each month. Yeah. And it sounds like the membership actually took off a lot quicker and a lot more than you initially thought it was going to, which is great. Yeah, yeah, it did. I, I sort of hit 200 members quite quickly and we're up to nearly 700 now, 660, something like that. But, you know, which is great within the year, but um, it, it's also that people when they're pulling out as well, that, that having to do with the mental when you hit, when you're seeing people, I want to cancel, I want to cancel, even though it's not that many it seems like when you've had those big launches and you've got people joining in all at that one time because it was an open closed car, there's this big bulk couple of days and then suddenly you lose people because they've done again, you know, the payments come out and you think, oh, no, you know, all that work, I did all this work this month for you <laughs> and now you're pulling out. So, um, yeah, that's probably what I struggle with most at the moment. So I get those notifications now. I've set up another email inbox and those notifications I get from member mouse to say it's such and such has changed their account or cancelled they actually go straight into another um email address now and they they're all set up with a tag in active campaign campaign but I don't see them every day yeah <laughs> you know so yeah it's not a focus point and I think that's one of the things that you forget because I had this discussion with someone the other day where um, your churn rate might not actually change, but the larger your member base, the more members that is. So like 5% yes. of 100 members churning isn't a huge amount, but 5% of 1,000 members, it starts to look a lot more, even though it's actually the same churn rate. So I think yeah. like the larger your membership gets, the more you can start thinking, oh, well, that, that's a lot of cancels this month when actually, you know, proportionally, it's the same as it always has been. Yes, and I still get, I've had to be a lot clearer. That's something else I found I needed to do on my checkout page and in a few other places inside on their account page is to make it really clear that 
if they're doing a monthly payment, it is a monthly recurring payment. Not, I've had a lot of people say, I just thought I'd pay the $39 and have access. And I was like, well, what, forever? <laughs> <laughs> so there's, there was a lot of confusion about that too. I didn't know, you know, and I don't like being thought of, to, you know, people thinking that I'm trying to, you know, pull the wool over their eyes or anything like that. Um, so I've been a lot clearer up that it's a recurring payment. You know, I've even likened it to Netflix and stuff like that. So I think it's important to be really clear exactly what's happening especially if people are giving you money so I'd rather do that and perhaps lose a few at the checkout because they see that and go oh, no I'm not doing this every month I mean I also make it very clear that they can with one click of a button cancel but yeah <laughs> it's um it's hard to tell if that's having any sort of effect but I know it's had a it has had an effect on less customer um queries around that topic which is good Awesome. So you might have already answered this with, with what you've just been saying, but what's been your biggest challenge you've had with the membership, would you say? Probably uh, those things I mentioned, but also customer support. I didn't realise that was going to be such <laughs> a time-consuming task. <laughs> I didn't realise the level of um, a lot of my audience, I knew from my resource and things, a lot aren't very digital savvy. They're not very computer savvy. Uh, a lot are, but there's a lot that, and you need to walk them through the buying online process and how to download and do all that sort of stuff. So now that I'm getting in the hang of it and setting up systems like, oh, you might want to watch this video and that shows you how to insert the photos into the, you know, the PDFs or things like that, that I can redirect them to. That's starting to cut down a lot of that. And I'm using intercom inside, just inside the member hub so that I can help direct them where they need to go. So we're not getting as many emails, but yeah, you do. I think that's been the biggest struggle is I always feel like I'm on, I'm always switched on. Like they might be messaging me or they're in the group or, you know, they're emailing me and I sort of feel like, oh, these people are paying me money. I need to answer them and keep them happy. And, yeah, so that's, that's been a big, a big struggle. And the perfectionist side of me trying to keep uh, the, the amount of content that I want to put in there for them, trying to keep up with that without it just because I can't just focus on Member Hub because you've got to still have all those other things like the blogs and the new weekly newsletter and all that other stuff that actually gets people interested and knowing who I am and what I do and how I can help them. So I think that would be the, the two biggest challenges for me. Um, I won't say tech because that was always going to be a challenge. <laughs> I think deciding what to use. I think two years ago I was asking a question in Memberside Academy about that. So um, I eventually got there, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's small steps. You know, when you hear people saying, oh, and I've set my membership up and it sounds great and I'd hate anyone to think that because it's taken me a good three years to get to that. And even though it's been open for a year and it's, it's doing quite well in this past year and grown a lot faster, as you said, than, than I thought it would, but uh, it was a big slog beforehand of all the, you know, mapping it out and will I put this in, will I not put that in? So, yeah, I think, yeah, being a perfectionist isn't a really great trait with them. <laughs> opening a mem membership site <laughs> no definitely not. um yeah I can I can relate on that one definitely <laughs> um so if that's the challenges then what's been the highlight for you or what's your favorite thing about having the membership I think the favorite thing for me is you know it's funny to say I was just complaining about the customer service emails but on the other hand I also get a lot of lovely emails or private messages saying I was about to give up my job and go into another field altogether and you've you've just you know reignited my passion in childcare and doing what I'm doing and now I'm you know spending more time with my family because I've got less time that I have to do writing on the weekends and outside of work hours so I think for me that aspect just to know that these people who weren't getting the support and we're right down to that level which is a lot of the people in member hub uh I've just taken them back to base, given them some simple tools and some explanations that they weren't getting. And that way they've been able to take that. And 
the children are the ones that are benefiting from that because these there's a lot of passionate educators out there, but because of all the paperwork and regulations and all that sort of thing, much the same as any industry, you know, they're thinking about leaving, which is really sad. So I think that has been my main thing, that and having that recurring income, which means uh, we've gotten to a point now where I've actually been able to retire my own partner uh, so that he can uh, spare more time home with our kids and I don't feel as torn now he had a really awful job long long hours going at four in the morning and be back late in the afternoon so it feels like I'm not doing um all the housekeeping all the childcare, plus being the business owner plus you know all those things that women do on top of all the other stuff and a lot of men do too but I did feel like I was reaching that point where I just couldn't take it much more so I think those those have been really great life-changing things for us so or within the last year (laughs) yeah I mean I love that you've been able to retire your husband that's absolutely awesome and I can imagine that just makes such a huge difference to to both of you and to your family in general yeah and I was I was a little bit worried about you know that um the women's guilt that you sort of get. I don't know that I should be saying I retired my, you know, I've really worked hard on, you know, I was like, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? You know, thinking I don't want to crush your ego or do anything like that. But he's been like really happy. And since he got home, he's, he's back to the, the guy I knew before, you know, this job because it's just was sucking the life out of him, which wasn't good for any of us either. So it's actually then in turn made me more productive because now I know I can just go to work in the morning and he's there. It was just like just between you and me, Kelly, to see the man out there vacuuming past while I'm on the computer <laughs> instead of me doing it on a Monday morning. Uh, it's just a, just a rare thrill. Yes. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, lots of good things about it, but it's also good for him too because he's happier and um, I think he's finally realised that what exactly I'm doing, I find it really, I still find it really hard to explain to family members and friends. I swear a lot of them think I just sit here and uh, I don't know what they think. I'm I'm just on Facebook or (laughs) doing answering to messages, answering some emails, and then I write a little blog, you know, something like that. And I find it really, I still find it hard whenever someone says, what do you do? You know, I find myself stammering and I work, oh, I got an online business and then it sort of goes down to, I do training courses for teachers. Oh yeah. And I'd sort of write some books. (laughs) It's very hard to, as you know, explain the, the online world if you're not familiar with the the work that goes in yeah it really is surprisingly difficult I think to anyone who's not familiar with this world to actually uh, explain what your business yeah. is as you said and yeah you can get a lot of confused looks or people that just think you spend all day on the internet doing something so but- <laughs> to work at home <laughs> yeah which you are it's good but I don't think it's lucky it's we've created that so uh you know it is a lot of hard work and it's not just during the day I mean most nights I'm still working and so I'm yet to find that really good balance of not working all the time but I'm working on some processes hopefully to get there (laughs) so Let's shift gears a little bit now then. You've already mentioned that webinars have worked really well for you, both in your launch and now as an Evergreen webinar as well. What else has worked well for you when it comes to attracting new members, do you think? I think what worked really well for me in the beginning, I'm not using it at the moment, uh, but I, I had what I called my VIP wait list. And in my free Facebook group and through my newsletters and ads, I did a lot of um, hype. I tried to drum up a lot of hype before I do a launch. So, and I started that a fair way out. It would be probably about two months out, which is, I know it's, it's not a lot of the time you don't get to, you, you don't hear that, um, you know, start that early out. But I find with my audience, they need a really good lead in and they need to see a few things first and actually touch base and think, yeah, that could be all right. And, so I would get them onto the list by saying, you know, you can get onto the wait list now and you'll receive uh, some samples and some freebies from Member Hub and some training. And then what I had set up was an automation so they'd immediately get a welcome email. And then that would lead into me sending 
some emails that had here and there there be they got a free mini guide sort of the pain points that I'm used to that I know are the real main things like for teachers it's planning and prep and time saving on writing and things like that so it was things that were out of member hub that, that were also from my resource shop but it was just like a little teaser and they'd just be once a week. So it sort of became like a, a regular, like you'd send out a newsletter, but it was, I, I gave them that feeling of connection in my group. Uh, we're all called, I call them empowered eds. So, and they call themselves that now, which is really good. So I wanted to give them uh, a little bit of a name. So I called them the VIPs, VIP eds. So that became a little like club and they knew that they were the only ones getting that email and had special pages set up where they could go and view videos and things like that. And then they actually got a 24 hour window where when I launched the emails leading up to it, I said, you will have first access. Um, I'm only going to be giving it to VIPs. You know, I think we're going, I'm only taking a hundred members for this intake. Uh, So I did give a number on that and I did stick to that even though we went over 150 but that was because they just came so quick but the VIPs I emailed them out and they had a full 24 hours they had a special link and they got to go in the sales page so they felt like they were getting in I really hyped that up get in before I open it up to all the list and I start running Facebook ads you know all that sort of thing and that worked really really well uh, both times, I think I did that three times and all those people were staying on the list. I didn't have a very, you know, those that didn't join obviously went off, but um, that did join went into the other list, the members list. But I've still got quite a list of about 700 on there that I've got to figure out what to do <laughs> with them because I'm not using it now. But that was something that worked really, really well for me. I think I picked that up uh, little bits and pieces here and there, but you know, I just thought I'd try it out. And I think by giving that real collective sort of group spirit and you're getting something first before anyone else. And I stuck to that. They did, you know, and I think I had 75 sign up just from the VIP. So then when I did the rest of the launch emails, as I went through the next five emails, that list began getting those emails as well as my main list. But it was very much I could say then, oh, I've we've already had 75 members sign up from our VIP early, you know, introduction list. Uh, if you want to get in, you know, you better hurry up now without making it sound like like it was real scarcity. It just, yeah. uh, you know, by the, and then the next one I sent, oh, sorry, you know, we're up to 120 now or something. I let it go over, but, you know, so that worked really well. Obviously, we didn't get as many for the second launch because this was the first, but it's still the, the premise worked. So I would do, if I was doing, went back to a closed, open, closed cart, I would do that again. I think the list, focusing on that waiting list even before, you know, two to three months before you open, I think that really helped because it really drummed up that anticipation and, you know, oh, we're getting something free. And then because I like to think my stuff is (laughs) my resources and training and things like that, they are good. It made them, and I specifically sent them ones on those clear pain points. So I knew that they would go, I want more of that. (laughs) So, you know, you can get it in member hub, but yeah, giving them that 24 hours, earlier than anyone else. I think I I also did that when I did in January of this year, when I did that live webinar, I also did much the same thing because I thought about how am I going to do this? Because I've got the VIP list. What am I going to give them? So while I was doing the webinar, I actually said, and I'd sent out emails obviously beforehand, but I said, if you are on the VIP wait list, you know, um, we were half an hour into the into the webinar and I said, if you're on the VIP wait list, you need to know that the, the member hub is open now, but only for you. Go and check your email. You got a special link this afternoon and you've got until, uh, I think it was 8.30, till the webinar finished basically. So I think I opened it up just before the webinar so those that got the email could could have joined up already. But if they hadn't and they were listening to the webinar, then they got another prompt to go and sign up. So we got quite a few from that. And at the end, then everyone got to go to a bonus page. So, awesome. 
Yeah, I think a wait list works really well. I think rather than just getting them on the list, which is what I was told to do, you know, just get them on the list, get them on the list, I think it was really important to keep connected with them and especially because it was over such a longer period of time as well. So I wanted to make them feel a bit special so they could see what they'd be getting if they got inside, decided to pay. Yeah, I think that the way you've nurtured them there and created that community feel as well before you've even launched is is really great. And as you said, yeah, obviously works really well for conversions then too. Yes, and, and it gives you something to talk about in your free Facebook group as well. Yeah. You can sort of direct it straight to those, oh, VIPs, go and check your email. I've just sent out another one, you know, uh, um, or the weekly newsletter or something like that. So it, it gives you something to constantly and other people are starting to think, hang on, I'm not on that. Why am I not on that list? Why am I not getting the free training? So, yeah, yeah that, that worked really well. Yeah, people like to feel special, I think. Okay. Um, so if that's a kind of ways you've got new members, how are you keeping them? What are you actually doing to encourage engagement and retention in the membership? Yes, that's, that's an ongoing thing. I think that's where I'm uh, maybe spending too much time, but it's that real catch-22, isn't it, if you don't? Uh, I installed Intercom after seeing what you guys were doing in the academy with your messages, I really liked that. So I, I've set up a little uh, onboarding through the message box there just to welcome them to Member Hub and here's where you might like to go first and I give them a direct link to that and to the video, watch the video uh, on this page and they're working really well and I I go on there. I, I'm available pretty much between nine and four because I'm working on the computer then anyway. So I don't always get back to them straight away, but I do, I'm finding it really easy to just say, yes, it's here and give them a link to that page on Member Hub. And I think that's been really helpful for them to find what they need. Because I, I, I was finding that a lot of people getting confused. I don't know where that's, where that is. I don't know because it's big. There's a lot of stuff. I got six, six different page, main pages in them, but yeah, they were, they were having trouble finding stuff. So I wanted to work on that. So having intercoms been really helpful. Um, but also I've just started setting up, I call them, uh, simple pathways, pathways, and I've, pulled out roles like I'm a new educator or I'm a leader or, uh, you know, I'm a fam- I work in family daycare. I want to fill my vacancies. And then I've put drop downs under all of those on a separate page that where they can go, you know, different resources, different training, a webinar, wherever. So I've linked them up straight away so they can just follow down that path a bit like your roadmap, but not as good. <laughs> Not as fancy, but small steps, <laughs> but they're working quite well too. And also the onboarding emails. I think I have about five or six in that first few weeks. Obviously the welcome and then little snippets directing them to go and see, you know, certain things in there. And at the in the last one, now that I've gone to Evergreen, I have their fortnightly, um, sometimes fortnightly, sometimes monthly. I'm still trying to work out what's best. And um, just a little catch-up newsletter, like what's happening, what you might have missed, things like that. And I pop that in the last of the automation. So they're always getting that at the end before then they receive the next one, whatever, whenever they catch up to the current members. So there's, there's quite a lot. And then we have a Facebook group. And that's probably been the biggest struggle engagement-wise. And I think that's mainly because a lot of those members that are in there have come from my free group, which is a really big engaged group. There's a lot of discussions and uh, a lot of things they're used to that level. When you've got 13,000 members and it's an engaged group, as you know, it's a lot easier to get people talking. (laughs) Whereas when you've got 300, because not everyone wants to join the Facebook group. And I really was, oh, do I have a forum? Do I have a Facebook group? But a lot of them I know are on Facebook. So I really tossed that up and I just, I have found that hard to keep keep that level engagement I think because of what I'm used to too um I'm not it's like you're back right back to the start (laughs) and I think the way Facebook shows things from what I've noticed is when they're posting a lot of the time members are posting in my free Facebook group and they think they're in 
the member hub group. So I think because it's all meshing in, they sort of aren't always able to make the distinction between that private content and, and the other two, but that's Facebook, it keeps changing. So. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it can be tricksy. Although the plus side with members posting in the free group is you kind of get that crossover kind of mention well, of is, membership and things like yes. that. And, yes. and that kind of bonus. They'll post there. photos of an activity they've done from member. Oh, this is great. And yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> and that's a little bit of advertising too and that bit of, uh, you know, the FOMO. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, it all comes together. But I think the group, I'm still struggling to find that, what's the balance of because you know do am I posting I'm in there every day answering questions and things and that I don't mind at all but I'm used to doing like theme days and challenges I've done some challenges where I give them gift cards and things like that I've also I send out all members a little thank you and welcome card which was okay for a while <laughs> when you're writing out 200 cards in one <laughs> <laughs> and then it's been so long since I went to the post office. I didn't realise here that stamps had gone up to a dollar. And I was very much like, what? Stamps <laughs> I thought that was 30 cents. And she said to me, oh, maybe, dear, you might want to think about doing some email. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do that. <laughs> but this is just for the personal touch. And every time I think about stopping it, then you get one or two emails that come through that month saying thank you so much or they'll put a photo in the group or something like that saying it was so nice to, to have that. And I know I once received one from joining one of Amy Porterfield's courses and I was just like, oh, that's come from, you know, crossover to, I know she didn't write it. <laughs> <laughs> she may have, but it, it was just, it's that feeling of, again, connection and community and you're not just you know, a dollar sign to someone out there because, you know, I don't want them to feel like that at all. So lots of little engagement things, but, again, they all take a lot of time when it's only you doing it as well. So That was going to be my next question, actually. Do you have a team helping you or is it is it just you doing everything at the moment? Uh, I wouldn't call it a team. <laughs> um, I, I've now got a VA who... Um, is a fellow blogging friend, uh, but she's also a teacher. So she knows this world and, you know, how we speak and what my resources are. And, uh, you know, it's about, we started on about 15 hours a month and now we're up to about 25. And her main role though is just helping me out with scheduling social media and doing, um, she pops into the groups and helps me now with answering and keeping those connections going. But the biggest help, and this is what I would recommend anyone, even if you've only got a little bit of money, this is the best thing I ever did, was she does the majority of the support emails now, just those, oh, where's the certificate? How can I download that? Oh, I didn't, you know, get this. Um, can I cancel? Can I renew? All that sort of stuff that I was spending hours on every day. She now just goes in morning and afternoon and, tidies those up and I don't have to see them as much and I can forward them from my other email and send it setting up that actual support email address so that's been really helpful but I'm hoping my goal for this year is to start outsourcing a lot better uh, I've just got to get loosen the reins on the perfectionist self and yeah. um <laughs> <laughs> do some videos so I can show others what to do. I mean, I, I've also had, I have to say, my business coach, Melanie Miller, she's been just, she's the one, if I didn't meet her four years ago, I think I was ready to give up. So we've come a long way and she helps, she does, helps me do the figures side of thing. I'm not, I'm not good on the accounting. I don't like stats. I don't like all that stuff. But I see now after keeping those figures and those records why it's important, especially with doing a membership site, that you need to know, you know, the money coming in, money going out, uh, members coming in, members going back out. So all of that sort of thing is really, really helpful too, but not the part that I enjoy. I do have, I've started outsourcing bookkeeping too. So obviously because I don't like numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I like to see it in the bank account. I yeah. just, I I'd just like to see like the end result. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so wrapping up then, is there anything you actually wish you'd known earlier or would do differently if you were starting again? I think just like I was mentioned right at the beginning when we were talking is 
just not worrying so much about what the actual site looked like, but how I was going to keep up with uh, like some sort of system for what I had planned on for content. I knew what content I wanted to be in there and I'd done my pages and the fancy categories and worried about all of that stuff and uploading and all of that great stuff that takes ages and, you know, that I (laughs) perfectionised myself over every minute. But then I realised after that first influx of members and people started saying, oh, have you got next month's plans? Where where are next month's plans? I'm like, I haven't got them done yet. I didn't think you'd realise that they were. (laughs) So I think I would have done a better better content planning and how I was going to organise that. And... um, yeah, just just thinking more into the future. Like, I think you think it's not going to take off, so you're going to have all this time, you know, just open it and you have all this time. And it's great if it is popular and you do get that influx of new members, but suddenly you can't just sit there and it's not like writing a blog post where you just get to sit down, switch off and write your blog post. Suddenly you've got all the customer support and the new members and the payment processes and all of those great things as well. And you think, but when am I going to do my content? So I think that's what I would have liked to have had in place, a content plan and also to have set up uh, a menu or search type system. I mean, a menu or search, because I've got so much content in there now, we're working on you know, trying to get something, but it's going to take a lot of fiddling to put now put everything into categories. And so I didn't think ahead that you're constantly adding into your membership site. And so obviously you want to make it easy for people to find what they need to in categories so that a better search and menu type thing, I think. Awesome. (laughs) One day. (laughs) So finally then, I'd love to know what's next for you. What are your goals for the next 12 months, for example? Well, I was going to say, well, my goal for this year was to reach 500 members. So I've reached that. So I <laughs> rest would of like the year to, off. <laughs> I know, <laughs> right? <laughs> I would like to, my goal is to have uh, a, more guest presenters to help me with doing those monthly webinars. I want to grow to at least a thousand members. It'd be good so that it doesn't seem like such a big deal when you get that churn and it's, it, you know, it sort of offsets a little bit. But as you say, when you've got the bigger numbers, you've, you notice that more anyway, because suddenly it looks worse. Um, and it's not so much about just building those numbers, but knowing that I'm making that difference, I think, the whole, I've struggled a lot with that whole imposter syndrome because I don't talk, I don't do the speaking circuit. I've done talks and things over the years, but it's not what I want to do now, especially with a young family. I just, I don't want to do the travel. I don't, I can, I can reach more people and as crass as it sounds, make more money by sitting here at home in my pyjama pants doing a webinar (laughs) and helping out hundreds of people, especially in rural areas that can't get access to that sort of training. So I want to be able to do more of that and help people in regional areas that aren't getting access to that support and also to outsource more. That's my big goal so that I'm not mainly have it as something that's working for me rather than me still being in the business and working. But but I'd also like to try out different webinars and different funnels to see, see what works and at the moment, this one's working really well, so I don't want to do too much to it. Yeah. <laughs> just let that settle for a bit. <laughs> yes. So I'll just refine that a little bit first and then uh, work on from there, yes. Awesome. So if someone wants to find out, out about more about you and the membership, where's the best place for them to actually do that? The best place is probably go to my visit my website, uh, which is at theempowerededucatoronline.com, or if they're on Facebook, they can join my free Facebook group. Just search The Empowered Educator. Awesome. And I'll put those links in the show notes as well to make it really easy for people. So thank you so much for joining me today, Jodie. I've loved chatting with you. I've loved kind of all the details about what you've been working on and things. And I particularly love that you've been able to retire your husband. Like I just, I love that you've been able to do that. That's awesome. And he now vacuums. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, I think you you should kind of create some training on how other people can get their husband to vacuum because I know I could definitely do with that. Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> well, he didn't want to pay for a cleaner, so that's the offset. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's, that's a good approach, actually. Um, but yeah, so it's been wonderful to chat with you. And I love everything you've done with the Empowered Educator. And I'm really looking forward to, to seeing where it goes next and how you continue to grow. Because yeah, it's been wonderful watching your progress. Thanks, Kelly. And thank you to, for your help in Memberside Academy and always being there with some wonderful sage advice because I could not have taken that leap finally unless I had some of those tools from, from your membership site as well. Oh, well, it's been our pleasure. And I love that you've given back so much to our community as well with things like what you've been doing with your webinar. And we've already got other members that are kind of taking that strategy you shared and implementing it and getting great results. So yeah, that's I saw that. That's wonderful. Yeah, because that's how I learned too, by reading what other people are doing. And I like it when they lay it all out. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you can do some extra research. But yeah, if you've got those steps to start with, it doesn't seem quite as overwhelming. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So I will let you get on with your evening anyway. I know it's late over there in Australia. But again, thank you so much for joining me and sharing so much of your journey with us. Thanks, Callie. Thanks for having me on. That's it for this episode, folks. Thank you for listening. And thank you once again to Jodie for joining me. I love how Jodie has tested different things in her membership and not necessarily taken the obvious approach, allowing her to commandeer what amounts for a premium price in her market. And of course, I especially love hearing the impact having a membership has had from the increased stability and ability to support more people to recently being able to afford for her husband to leave his terrible job. Not bad for your first year as a membership site owner at all. And if you want to check out more of what Jodie is doing, then be sure to head over to theempowerededucatoronline.com or head over to themembershipguys.com slash btm27 to find all Jodie's details and links, as well as the episode's show notes and the transcript. And if you're an Academy member, be sure to also check out Jodie's posts in the forum too, where she lays out her webinar strategy and what's worked really well for her. And that's me done. And join me same time, same back channel next week for another episode of Behind the Membership. If you've enjoyed today's episode of Behind the Membership, we invite you to check out the membersiteacademy.com. The Member Site Academy is the essential resource for anyone at any stage of starting, growing and running a membership website. So whether you're still figuring out what your idea is going to be or whether your website is already up and running and you're just looking for ways to grow it and attract new members, then the Member Site Academy can help you to get to the next level. With our extensive course library, monthly training, exclusive member-only discounts, perks and tools and a supportive active community to help you along the way with feedback, encouragement and advice, the Member Site Academy is the perfect place to be for anyone looking to start, manage and grow a successful membership website. So check it out at membersiteacademy.com.